0: crew members and either welcome or welcome back to at least there's a dog a star trek enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go episode by episode through the star trek series that whatever its flaws undeniably has the most dog we are your hosts mandy and josh and on tonight's show i'm getting kicked in the hips by our dog on tonight's show we will be discussing season four episode four borderland
1: and the dog will be discussing such as well. Trudy has very many things to say, but she says them by kicking you in the side instead of, um, you know, saying things.
0: Apparently, I stopped rubbing her belly. I think she objected to it. I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, that wasn't very good. Really? Yeah, I didn't like
1: it. I, I liked parts of it.
0: That's fair. The parts that I disliked were much more than the parts that I liked. Okay. I'm not saying that there were necessarily more parts that I disliked. I'm saying the parts that I
1: disliked were more. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, It's also possible that I enjoyed that one more than you did.
0: I think you probably did based on what has just been said. Oh, rolling puppy dog. Very good.
1: Excellent. Um, You want to tell everyone what we just watched?
0: No, but I guess I will. If you want, I I can do it. No, it's fine. Just, I don't know. I feel like this episode laid the groundwork. I mean, I, that, no, that's not totally fair. This episode did a thing, an early version of a thing that New Trek does all the time that annoys the crap out of me, which is just like having... brought back old things and references to old things, basically for the reason of, look, you remember this thing, you like this thing, therefore you like us too.
1: Yeah, that's a thing that they do a lot. And my understanding is that they did that because uh, Enterprise's ratings weren't very good. And so they wanted to remind people, hey, you like this thing.
0: Like, I believe that, but I all, I still don't like the outcome. Fair enough. And they got canceled anyway at the end of this season.
1: They did. It's so true. So it was
0: all for naught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might have been canceled earlier if they hadn't. It doesn't matter. All, all hypotheticals contrary to fact. Anyway, this was Borderland, which turned out to be an extremely unevocative type. Okay, I'll keep rubbing your belly. My goodness, <laughs> needy dog. Anyway, you hey, do, you do the
1: important thing.
0: Hey, you guys liked Space Seed, right? How would you like even more Space Seed, but without the charisma of Ricardo Montalban? In a brand new outing for the homebound NX-01, some holdovers from the good old eugenics wars of the 1990s have commandeered a Klingon ship. Archer and company are sent to go rein them in, but they'll need the help of someone with the last name Sung, Played, of course, by special guest star Brent Spiner, doing the only freaking thing Star Trek will ever let him do until he dies, and is freed from his blood bond or whatever they have him under.
1: Just imagine him playing a different role.
0: I know, right? Chasing down the genetically engineered children of, no, not the 1990s, with those haircuts it's definitely the 1980s, gets a whole (laughs) bunch of our crew kidnapped and sent, randomly, to an Orion slave market, which is an excuse for UPN to bring the big show over for a crossover from the WWE. Some... What did I write there? Some wacky hijinks ensue, but this is all just laying the groundwork for an arc of some hopefully small number of episodes. Will T'Pol be sold into sexy slavery? Will Dr. Sung offer his, quote, children some acting lessons? Has there ever been a bigger waste of J.G. Hertzler? The star (laughs) of the show, Porthos, should get his own protein replicator on his crate, even if Archer doesn't get one on his chair.
1: I think that's a fantastic idea. Wait, do you think Porthos has a crate? I
0: don't know, maybe.
1: I don't know, I just kind of assumed that Porthos, like, had the run of the ship. He might, but. But Like, he's just that well trained.
0: You know, Archer's gotta, you know, transport him from time to time, right? Yeah, fair enough. He's gotta have at least a kennel or something. And there should be a protein replicator inside it. Right, Trudy?
1: Yeah, they should get them a protein replicator that gives them things that dogs need to eat. Like...
0: She, she's hanging off the couch.
1: Oh, I, well, I guess I can see the, the listeners can I'm describing can't see. for yeah. our audience yeah. that
0: our large dog has just... She's just drooping halfway off the couch while I, ex- I rub her belly.
1: I expect at some point during this recording, she will... Oh, maybe she's going to correct. <laughs> I was gonna, she, at least she's momentarily.
0: <laughs> she heard you plotting... Yeah. And decided to show you up.
1: But yeah, um, that protein synthesizer could um, could let Porthos eat, you know, dog foods. Whoop, there she goes. Oh, bye, Trudy. Um, instead of just cheese, which is the only thing that Archer knows how to, how to give him.
0: Interesting. Clever idea. So anyway, yeah. Um, like I said, I didn't like this very much. Mm-hmm. I, I got fidgety a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't want more episodes of this, and I'm going to get more episodes of this.
1: You are. It's true.
0: Uh, oh well. Maybe they'll be better? I hope so. I don't have high hopes, though, for reasons that we'll go into in the pluses and minuses. Ooh. But before we do that, we have some special segments to do, like our old favorite standby Faith of the Start. Yeah! Faith of the start, our segment in which we ask ourselves one increasingly not simple question on a scale of one to ten or whatever we feel like, how much did the theme song ruin the cold open?
1: I gave it a seven.
0: Oh, interesting. I just gave it a four. I thought it was a fairly standard amount of ruining.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was a fairly standard amount of ruining. Which was still a significant we go amount of ruining.
0: Klingons getting kicked in the face. To it's been a long. Yeah, road. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I could average it out to five point five or six. Fair enough.
1: Would you like to know some trivial things? I would. All oh, right. So obviously we had JG Hertzler as a guest star
0: for like twenty three seconds.
1: Yeah, but I mean, at this point, that's that's just his way of like bringing himself. You know, closer to Jeffrey Combs.
0: Except Jeffrey Combs keeps playing different characters. I guess JG Hertzler does too. He's just yeah. a Klingon, usually.
1: Yeah, usually a Klingon, but you know, just adding to the, the number of different Klingons. True. Which Very is true. much more much more you know varied than adding to the list. The of- The number
0: of songs. Yeah. <laughs> Like, seriously, what do they have on Brent Spiner? The man is talented. He should have a much more varied acting resume in the film and TV industry. He's
1: gotten typecast, like, big He time. should have a
0: much more varied resume on Star Trek. Like, they got all these guys that they keep bringing in to play different people. And in theory, they keep bringing in Brent Spiner to play different people, but they're all the same person.
1: Well, I think at this point, he probably doesn't want to put on a lot of makeup.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess so. He served his
1: time doing that.
0: Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Um, Anyway. Jeez. So, uh, the. uh, What's his name? Malik, I believe. Uh huh. Uh, Did you uh, recognize the actor?
0: I recognize that he is not Ricardo Montalban. Not even close.
1: No, he's not. Um, His name is Alec Newman. Okay. And uh, he has, as far as I could tell, one very notable uh, role, which puts him into some interesting company.
0: Is it also a Star Trek role? No, it's not. Oh. Uh,
1: but it puts him into company with uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Timothy Chalamet.
0: Oh, did he play Paul Atreides in Frank Herbert's Dune?
1: He did. Oh. He does oh, look boy. like.
0: You can you could see him. I as can being see it. A, he's got it, he's got a chiseled sort of jaw. As both Kyle MacLachlan and Timothy Chalamet also do.
1: Yeah, so that that was his uh, big other. Notable. However,
0: there is something he does not have that both Kyle MacLachlan and Timothy Chalamet have.
1: Are you going to say charisma?
0: I was going to say acting talent, but oh wow! <laughs> but also that. Ooh. We'll get to that.
1: Okay, but yeah, he was in uh, the 2000 uh, miniseries Dune on the Sci-Fi Channel.
0: Okay, well, good for him.
1: Um. Another little detail, the uh, chair that they installed.
0: Archer's chair that doesn't have his own protein replicator?
1: Yeah, but but has other things. Uh Uh-huh. That was a reused prop. Reused from a deleted scene in Star Trek Nemesis. Oh. The infamous scene in which uh, they finally install seatbelts on the Enterprise. Oh, really? Yeah, there's this deleted scene where uh, Jean-Luc Picard sits in the chair and, like, they demonstrate that it's got an automatic seatbelt thing. Huh.
0: How about that?
1: In the uh, I guess the Enterprise-E.
0: I wonder if it's actually a comfortable chair or if Scott Bakula sat down and it was it, like, ooh, this
1: chair sucks. It looked comfortable. I think it looked like it had some good lumbar support. It did. Which is, you know, the most important thing. I mean... Honestly, the the seatbelt, if it had it, and I don't think it does, would be even more important. But uh...
0: Would it, though? Like, I don't know. They've gotten along without seatbelts for this long.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Oh, here's a dog. Oh, she's about to the come The dog
0: up. is coming back, too. At least there's a dog. Come on up, baby girl. There Woo! you go. The third member of the podcast team is back. Okay, yeah. anyway.
1: Um... And, uh, Leslie, so this is actually the first time that Star Trek has shown Orion males. Huh. Previously, uh, the original series and the animated series were the only places that Orions had shown up. And in that case, it was always women.
0: Huh. okay. Because I guess it was usually Kirk. Slave girls. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, kirking about.
1: Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, I, I don't think I've seen that animated series episode, so. Maybe we'll see it at some point. Maybe we okay, will. Okay,
0: cool. Alrighty then. On two pluses and minuses. Sure. All right. Well, speaking of Orions, I liked the Orion stuff. That was fun.
1: They, I thought that the yes, I thought that the um, the set that they had there and the situation was actually pretty intense. And it was fairly well done, I think it
0: was but I also thought that they made the right choice not to play up like, Oh, the horrors of slavery and how uncivilized this is. And let's make some forced comparisons to the to 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 old earth or whatever they want to call it. Instead, they kind of like I, I enjoyed the setup of the slave auction where it was like a video game mini game, almost.
1: Oh, where everyone's just pushing. Everybody's buttons just pushing their...
0: buttons on their little pads, and you can see all the numbers flashing in the background. At least I think those were numbers.
1: I assume they were something in like Orion
0: or whatever it is they speak of. Orion
1: Nion, blah, blah, yeah. blah. blah.
0: I enjoyed the Big Show shaking to Paul around and Jolene Blaylock just like remaining stone faced, which so, was very impressive. So is he
1: the Big Show or just? I think big he's just. Show? I think he
0: is just Big Show. Yeah. Okay. He was the giant for a while. When he first started, he was billed as the son of Andre the Giant.
1: Was and he actually? I, no. Okay.
0: And his name is Paul White in real life. Um, but then he uh, he took on the moniker Big Show starting in like 2000, 2001, I think. Huh. Hey, Chris, if you're listening, let me know when the Big Show or when Big Show started <laughs> wrestling.
1: I'm sure he can help us. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And yeah, for for those who didn't watch the episode for some reason, uh yeah, he played uh, the big Orion handler of the uh, of the slaves to be auctioned. It
0: was pretty funny. He looked like he was having a great time. His makeup call was probably like one thirty a.m.
1: He he, I'm sure had a long makeup call
0: because he's a big guy.
1: Yeah, um, and he was
0: green from head to toe.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw a fun little picture of him holding up the director David Livingston. That
0: that that was funny.
1: Yeah. um but Um, but yeah that stuff
0: that stuff was fun it was campy it was goofy it was like this is the kind this is the kind of like tonal throwback to some original series stuff that i
1: enjoy but it was also like i mean yes there was definitely some goofy stuff there There was also also, there was also like stakes like I didn't know whether everyone was going to get out of that alive.
0: There were also parts of it that were kind of horrifying, like the poor, sweet little Ensign, who was on his first big assignment and was like, I didn't know it was going to be like
1: this. Mm -hmm.
0: And I was like, oh, honey, I hope they get you out.
1: Yeah. Um, But with the little uh, tracker things on the necks, and they they, they set it up to be scary as well as, you know, can't be. Yeah, but it was
0: fun scary. Like, they could have seized this opportunity to make Star Trek-style heavy-handed commentary, and they did not, which I appreciated. There is a time and place for that. This was neither of those things, and it wasn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So good on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I generally enjoyed Brent Spiner. Um, I, th- I thought it was fun how... Basically, he, he just had this... He, he had a response for everything. Uh, he... He'd just, you know, say something witty and smarmy and, uh, just, you know, like, showing off, yeah, I'm smarter than everyone else. I'm totally in control. And in the end, yeah, he kind of was.
0: Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I will have more things to say about that later.
1: Fair. That's also fair.
0: Uh, I enjoyed the meta-commentary on Malcolm Reed. (laughs) Oh? When, uh...
1: Oh, because he he didn't recognize his yeah, face. Yeah, when
0: when showed up on the ship and was like, "I've heard your name, but I don't recognize your face. You don't get nearly enough. Uh, you don't get nearly enough PR." Mhm. It was like, oh, that's a commentary on how Malcolm Reed is always kind of pushed to the sidelines.
1: Uh, not as much
0: as some of the other people. True, but then Malcolm Reed's next line was like, "No, I I like being pushed to the sidelines." <laughs>
1: I didn't actually catch what his next line was.
0: Um, I've had about all that I can handle or something like that. Oh,
1: I see. Yeah. Um,
0: know your place, Malcolm Reed.
1: <laughs> I liked um, kind of a, piggybacking off of my last comment. Um, there was one person who took all of uh, Soong's uh, comments and had the last word. And that was Flox. Yep. With his little I can read I comment. I can read. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was, that was good. What was the exchange there? I wrote it down. Um, um, I got to turn the page. My pages of notes are sticking together. Oh, yeah. What makes you think I haven't? Um, when flock said something about, like, learning from the mistakes of the past. I uh, can yeah. read.
1: That's right. That's right. Yep.
0: Yeah, that was good. Phlox was a one-scene wonder in this episode, but uh, as is often the case, his one scene was very good. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked Sung's escape attempt and the uh, use of those handcuffs that opened and closed. Okay,
1: those were pretty cool handcuffs.
0: They were, um, and he was kind of like doing the monkey bars to try to get himself out after he uh, after he gave Archer the slip. I wasn't and
1: exactly sure like what his plan was there. That
0: I'm not sure he really had one. I think his plan was just don't go back to the Enterprise.
1: Yes, but I feel like the Enterprise is a safer place for him than the uh, slave market. I guess. Um,
0: but anyway, I like that. It was a it was a fun little mini action set piece.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, uh, I'll just keep on going with uh, soon. I don't even remember what his first name was.
0: Did he have a first name? He
1: did, but I don't remember what it was. It
0: doesn't matter. He's the same character that he always is.
1: No, this is the first time that he's uh, th- he shown up like that. The fact that Star Trek Picard ended up like creating another couple of him, but honestly, I think considerably worse. Brent
0: Spiner has played one character in various iterations. Some of them have been more successful than others. I disagree. Or less unsuccessful than others.
1: I disagree. I think that here he is playing a fairly straight up villain. He is a yeah uh, a witty, fun villain, but he is a villain.
0: Okay, he Whereas, was a lot grumpier on Picard, which was less fun.
1: But. Yeah, and you know, and then his Picard season one character was just inexplicable. Yes. Um, but uh, Doctor Noonien Sung is like
0: the good Sung, apparently.
1: Yeah, and Data is like none of these characters indeed anyway um i i just i liked how much he betrayed them okay like uh that that scene down in the uh in the slave market you know just like zaps uh zaps archer
0: yeah i i will have more to say about all of this all right i'm letting you have your say first because we're in the pluses we are um, I did like the prison break scene, mm-hmm. um, which is still under the general heading of Orion stuff, but you know, we'll keep it in there. Um, the prison break was suitably chaotic and also satisfying. Um, it was a good payoff for, for everybody involved in the Orion slave market because mm-hmm. now they're all free.
1: For now. I, I don't think that Probably Big not Show's going to let them stay free.
0: No, he will at least bring back the small
1: ones. <laughs> Um, I thought that, uh, Ensign Jeffrey Pierce was, was a good moment.
0: It was. That little scene between him and T'Pol was good.
1: Uh, it's, it's not so often you get to see Starfleet characters out of their depths like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. Well done.
0: And it was just like, oh, he's a baby. And T'Pol actually did a pretty good job of being nurturing while also remaining a commanding officer. hmm So yeah, I like that. Uh, I liked Sung's prison cell in the opening. Like, I am a little, you know, sad that uh, in the utopian vision of the future, our prisons still kind of suck, but uh, at least they let him have paper.
1: Yeah. Let him have lots of paper.
0: Yeah. What was it that he did? Was it just that he, like, released the augments, or that... He stole the augments... He stole their
1: uh embryos or something right right okay and uh well and bred them yeah bred them
0: okay okay yeah that makes sense all right that's it for me
1: okay i've got i've got just a couple more um the uh trip into paul they almost got to talk about what just happened almost which was i'm it, it was it was the right amount
0: Yeah, it was. They
1: they reminded us of what happened and uh, didn't uh, dwell on it too long because the ship got attacked. Yes. Um, The I'm about to attack you scene. um, I don't know. It was... I guess it was cheesy, but I thought it was a neat little action move. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, And I was happy to see that it was a, a... Well... Fairly happy to see it was a cliffhanger, because I didn't think they were going to resolve that in a satisfying way.
0: No, and when I realized how close we were to the end of the episode, and so many things had not been resolved, I went, oh, no.
1: Yeah, you, you've you got some minuses that are my pluses, don't you? I sure do. All right. Um, and lastly, so can, I, can I use my plus and minus that are together to sure. transition us? Um, I like that the uh, the costuming told me immediately, oh, these are some of the Eugenics Wars people. Yep. But also, why are the Eugenics Wars people wearing costumes that are just like torn all over the place? Like like teenagers trying too hard to be cool?
0: Why do they all have mullets? Because they're from the 1980s. Huh? That's I guess the so. answer.
1: I guess so. I guess so.
0: They got the date of the eugenics wars slightly off.
1: <laughs> the date of the eugenics wars is is one of the confusing things. We're not going to think too much about that.
0: No, we're not. Are we into minuses? Oh, we
1: are into the minuses. Okay.
0: I hated all of the augment stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I don't care. It's boring. It was a distraction from the fun parts of the episode. I don't want to spend more time with these people. I dislike the attempt to manipulate me because, hey, this is stuff you've heard of before. Love us. Just, no. Stop. I don't want this. This is not a good direction for the show. Okay. And none of them could act. Oh my god, that was excruciating.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Well, just like the, the guys, the two guys and their boring power struggle between them just like snarled at each other a lot.
1: Don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you.
0: (laughs) And then the girl who had some kind of like deal with both of them where it was a, I don't know, a not quite love triangle of sorts that again was boring. Just like doesn't have a personality. Mm -hmm. None of them really do. No, none of them do. But at least the two guys got to be angry, which I, guess is a personality trait of sorts but just no please no more i know i'm getting more but you're gonna get more make it stop
1: yeah i yeah basically every scene with them was disappointing to me yes uh it was boring i'd rather be watching anything else um oh no he's going to kill his brother It, it was
0: oh no i'm so devastated who is his brother again
1: this was, this was like watching, it's like the scene from Austin Powers where the, the guy is in the path of the steamroller, but about 40 feet away and just starts screaming, no, and could have just moved out of the way. But we have to just sit there and wait for mm-hmm. a minute while the steamroller slowly moves towards him. It was like that. Like, yes, we see where this is going. We don't. Are, are you going to make us sit through... You're going to make us mm. sit through all this.
0: I want to just go for low-hanging fruit and make the Mean Girls joke of... Do you even go here?
1: It's been a while since I saw Mean Girls. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I... It, 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 all,
0: all of that. The episode would have been better
1: if we didn't have to watch all that.
0: And the thing is, if we hadn't had to watch all that, the episode wouldn't have existed... And that in large part is why I didn't like the episode, because all of the stuff that actually mattered to what they're going to do for the next God knows how many episodes was the bad stuff. If y'all want to keep hanging out in Orion slave markets, feel free. That was fun. Okay. Uh, I think we're on Oh, you. my turn?
1: Okay. Yeah, the, the augments were, were not great. Um, why does T'Pol, like, she's got a rank. She's now no longer a sub-commander. She's a commander.
0: Because I assume she's officially in Starfleet now. Yeah.
1: Why doesn't she get a uniform?
0: I believe I asked you that during the episode, and that's on my list, too.
1: Yeah, because it was a really good question. Yeah. I don't know.
0: We know the answer. At least she gets rank. At least she gets rank. The answer is UPN.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, well. Um... I don't like evil Brent Spiner. Okay. I don't like watching him play bad guys. I don't think it's interesting. I think he's very charming when he plays a character like Data, mm-hmm. who is just like, you know, an innocent, basically. I think he's very good at that. I think he's very good at that kind of wide-eyed wonder. And it's a thing that's very compelling. Um He's fun as Puck on Gargoyles, but mm-hmm. Puck isn't really a bad guy so much as he is just a mischief he's maker. He's just an agent
1: of chaos. And I think
0: that works. Yeah. But I don't like watching Brent Spiner play mad scientists. Like, I don't think he's very good at it. Like, I understand the things that you were saying about how, like, oh, he's witty and he's clever, but
1: and that's he's all... just got he's just got the smile.
0: I guess, but just, like, so much of that is the writing. And I don't know. I feel like I'm... Whenever he plays evil characters, I'm always like, oh, I'm watching Data malfunction. I just I don't know. He, it feels it doesn't feel like there's any of the nuance built into his performances as bad guys that there usually is built into his performances data. And I just don't find it that interesting to watch. I'm never happy when it shows up. It could be that New Track has just completely soured me on something I that suspect
1: I, I suspect a lot might of Might have is enjoyed
0: that? more in the past, but like I don't like this character. I don't want to see more of him.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean I would much rather see Brett Spiner not playing someone unlikable. Yeah. But
0: he's smug. I think that was my biggest problem with him. He's smug, and I don't think Brent Spiner does smug very well. Hmm. Or maybe he does smug very yeah, well, and I, that's what I don't like. I think
1: he is doing smug very well I don't find, and I
0: don't find smug and enjoyable trait in these kinds of characters. Okay. When they're trying to make me like I think this is what I'm this is what's happening. When there's a villain that they're trying to make complex or make me like feel something for this villain, or like or understand this villain's perspective, which Star Trek does a fair bit, I don't like it when they make that character smug. It I, makes it really hard for me to sympathize with that person.
1: I don't think there's any effort to make us sympathize with him.
0: Oh, I disagree. I thought that the scene at the end where he's being reunited with his children was like, oh, he really does care about them. Like, that's that's very sincere. And that was actually the one scene with any of anybody involved in that plot line that I liked. Okay. Yeah, that should have been on my uh, on my pluses list was the little reunion at the end. That's fine. Okay. Maybe they'll get more interesting now that they're all together. I'm not holding my breath. But girl can dream. Yep. <laughs> anyway. All right. I don't like evil Brent Spiner. All
1: right. Uh, I actually didn't write down all that many minuses. <clears throat> because most of it just fell under the uh, umbrella of the augments. Yeah, that's but, fair. But... Uh, when they, at at one point, Archer gets a, uh, a location, I think it was the location of the slave market mm-hmm. um, from Soong, and he calls the bridge to set a course there. He asks Reed to make sure that they set a course
0: there.
1: <laughs> um, that's a little bit of foreshadowing for a certain recognition we'll be giving later this episode.
0: Uh-huh. Sure is. (laughs) Archer forgot his own helmsman existed. One of my minuses, incidentally, is that Archer spent a lot of this episode lovingly fondling the idiot ball. Okay. Just like, he seemed to pretty much from the moment that this, you know, dangerous prisoner stepped onto his ship, to basically be willing to take Sung at whatever he said, at his word for whatever he said.
1: When he... Clearly was just manipulating him the whole time. Archer
0: should be smart enough and have escaped from enough kidnappers at this point to recognize when he's being manipulated and when he cannot let somebody out of his sight. Mm -hmm. Or when he should at least have some guards on somebody's tail at all times. But no, Archer just made buddies with him, and they went down to the Orion slave market together. And Archer kind of just let him lead his way through that because he insisted that he had to.
1: You know, maybe. And I'm just
0: like Archer. You might as well be wearing a sign right now that says "Betray me."
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe Soong's uh, whole climbing up on those uh, rods sticking out of the wall thing was uh, just, and then getting captured again was just. Uh, a way to remind archer oh yes don't don't worry about me you just have to play with your little handcuff thing and then you you're you've definitely got me i'm no threat to you you can definitely continue to uh be an idiot
0: i'm sure he will i'm sure he will take that to heart yeah (sighs) you got any more nope okay um quoting nietzsche lame (laughs) that's all just lame and also this goes in with the augment stuff but the episode's structure was a lot of like whiplashing back and forth between two plots that didn't even seem to be all that related the only reason they were in the same episode was because they both involved brent spiner okay and i don't know why don't you just cut out this silly eugenics for throwback plot and give us an episode in the orion slave market that sounds like fun You could do another full-on WWE crossover like the one they had on Voyager. Wouldn't that be fun?
1: You do realize that The Rock was barely in that episode.
0: I do, and Big Show was barely in this one. Still, in both cases, it was a fun little bit of crossover casting. I think they should do more of it as long as UPN is in charge. Okay. All right, that's it. All right. Awards to give out? Sure. All right. Well, uh, we already kind of spoiled who's getting the uh, Mayweather report thing this yeah, time. Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's Travis.
0: Like Hoshi and Mayweather were had about as many lines together in this episode, but uh, Hoshi at least still got to like be at her post and do her job.
1: <laughs> yes, and Travis. Hoshi opened
0: the hailing frequencies. Travis's job has been subsumed by Malcolm Reed
1: yeah did you also notice that in the episode oh totally okay
0: <laughs> like wait Malcolm Reed controls the destination now too come on writers mm-hmm. um and then we have a Kirk award to give out every show we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation I have sung written down I don't remember why
1: I don't know why, because I don't <laughs> think Brett Spiner was doing any Kirkiness. No. I uh, I was thinking Archer.
0: No, that that does because, make sense.
1: Because uh, just like Kirk, he gets uh, cap- captured by the uh, by the augmented humans. That is true.
0: He did not make out with any Orion slave girls, but there's time. Uh,
1: Maybe. That's but, not really Archer's but, By the way, by the way, just an aside here. Yes. Um, just because it's on my mind right now. So now just this is again mostly the fault of New Trek, but we have seen that there's now no fewer than four different soons who all look just like Brent Spiner. Um that that seems who who exactly is, is mating with these people? Brent Spiners <laughs> to make more Brent Spiners throughout history. Just like it just keeps going. Like why are there so many like I, get, I like Brent Spiner. I like Brent Spiner a lot. But but why are it seems just strange to me.
0: I mean it appears that he's just cloning himself through the generations. You
1: know, that would make some sense given how big he is into like DNA manipulation. He's just just, they're, they're all just a bunch of clones. Yeah. That that explains actually a huge amount.
0: I think we're going to roll with that.
1: All right. All the Soongs are clones. All the Soongs are clones. Also, it's, it's like I know that um, Dr. Noonie and Soong was kind of named after Khan, Noonie, and Singh. Uh huh. But did you have to put those two together? Did, did you have to make the Sooms part of the Eugenics Wars 2 now? I guess so. I, I guess so.
0: I don't question this. We've stopped talking about the episode at this point. We have. I... Let, let, Let's I, take I, it home. I, I know you can't listen to me from the past, but don't do this. Don't take the show in this direction. I mean... To- make it stop. If- I stand athwart you yelling stop.
1: <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. May may shall the, we wrap it? <laughs> may the time travelly things work and and uh, create a nice paradox for you. Oh boy, gosh, this podcast would gonna be real create, interesting if we had a paradox going. I'm on. I'm going to
0: create an alternate universe where season four does what I wanted to. Do I have
1: to edit the episodes in the alternate timeline as well?
0: I think alternate timeline. You has to edit the episodes. Okay,
1: so it's not more work for me, so I'm down.
0: We are officially off on a crazy tangent, so let's go ahead and wrap this up (laughs) while we still have listeners. Yeah. All right, as always, thank you for listening. If you are enjoying this, please tell all your family and friends to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating, review, or signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day, send us some ideas for the show, or let me know when Big Show changed his name to Big Show, <laughs> shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail.com. And if you are watching along with us, your next viewing assignment is the episode Cold Station 12.
1: I think that sounds like we got some air conditioning. I'm down with that.
0: Oh boy. Take care of yourselves, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye.
1: Now we're on to part two of the sound check. We got to make sure we're still good.
0: Lizard in the baby's room.
1: No. Tiny
0: lizard. Cute lizard. It'll be fine.
1: Oh, dear. They'll make friends. It's going to crawl into Isaac's mouth and then he'll eat lizard. His
0: mouth isn't even open. Okay, maybe it is a tiny bit.